So as Michael has read out for us, the text for us is from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. And we are, uh, as you know, continuing in our reflection on the book of Ephesians. And in, in the wider uh, context, we are looking at uh, growing together in Christ this year. And the, our text and the, the theme, the title for today's reflection is A Prayer for the Church. And by church, I mean more than just CEC or ICTUS, uh, I mean for the believers. Uh, so in a way, you could think of it as a prayer for uh, people in faith. Or you could even say a prayer for your loved ones, your family, your... Uh, yeah, so you, you can expand it wide. And I think there's a lot of relevance uh, to this, as I hope I'll be able to uh, clarify. So a prayer for the church, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. And I think it's worth refreshing our memory a bit from the previous text, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. And so uh, this text uh, is an overflow from the previous uh, passage. So I think it's very important that we keep that connection together. So just a bit of a refresher. Uh, last week we saw and uh, from Ephesians chapter 1, verse four, 1 to 14 that God has been at work before the creation of the world. So God has been already at work from before the creation of the world. He has been planning, He has been purposing, He has been willing, and He has been preparing something like from the from before the creation of the world, and He has been uh, doing all of this, choosing, adopting, and blessing His creation, as verse three says. Like we have been blessed with every spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus, and we have been uh, ad uh, chosen from the beginning of creation. And his choice, his work is to bless us, to choose us, to adopt us. And uh, as, and we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. Um, and his plan, his work is ultimately to bring all things into unity under Christ. Um, uh, what this uh, what this means is that when although we see in verse 4 that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, there's a time when all things in heaven and on earth will be in unity. So uh, there's a time when things will be, as we say, on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and that will be the time when all things are brought under unity under Christ. Uh, what has been given in the heavenly places, all the spiritual blessings that uh, God has blessed us with, will be realized in these earthly realms, earthly places. And I think this is what Jesus meant when he teaches his disciples to pray this prayer. That is, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the kind of a quick summary of what we saw last week. That God has been at work before the creation of the world. He's been choosing, he's been adopting, he's been blessing his creation. And his goal is to bring all things into unity under Christ. One word that keeps coming up in uh, the, the whole of chapter 1 is a word that you probably notice, it's inheritance. And I think inheritance is a good metaphor for us to think about uh, what uh, the, the work that God is doing and our part in God's work. God's work. Inheritance. And I think we all know what is inheritance. Uh, inheritance is something that's passed on to us by virtue of uh, uh, by virtue of birth or by virtue of choice of the person who's giving it to us. And inheritance um, 
although the the picture here is a, a small jar of uh, coin, uh, inheritance can mean a lot of things, right? It can mean uh, wealth. And in, in this particular text, Paul tells that God has lavishly given us an inheritance. Every spiritual blessing, uh, God has lavishly given us an inheritance. And the, the thing about this inheritance, just like this picture might indicate, is the hands are a small small child. And a child has to mature to a certain age to be able to take hold of the inheritance. So in a way, inheritance is already his, but it's not yet because he or she have to grow into that particular stage in which he's, he or she is able to take the inheritance. So although the, the blessings of God has been lavishly given to us, uh, it is not yet realized in, in our life in today. And so we hope for the inheritance. We look forward to the inheritance. At the same time, uh, it's not just the inheritance. It's not something that we take hold of only in the future that we wait from a distance and waiting for like, I don't know, like when we are, when we die or when we go to heaven. But it's also something that's uh, some God has given us something as a deposit, as a, as a guarantee. And that is the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is given to us as a guarantee, as we see in, I think it's in verse, uh, verse 14. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee, as a deposit, almost like a down payment of, of the, the inheritance that we have until we are able to take hold of the full deposit, full inheritance that is in Christ. So the Holy Spirit is a guarantee, is a deposit for us today. Uh, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, as the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit is a sign that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And we have the Holy Spirit as a down payment uh, until we can take hold of the entire possession of the inheritance. So in other words, as we go on about in our day-to-day -day lives, we don't need to wait for heaven to experience the resources and experience the power of God's blessing. We have, if I may put it this way, this way we have enough for today, for our daily, for our day-to-day -day needs. God has given us the Holy Spirit to supply our needs and to be a deposit for us um, for the time being. And I think that makes, uh, that changes things. Like we don't have to fight our battles by ourselves. The Holy Spirit lives in us as a deposit, as a down payment, and we don't have to live in spiritual poverty. We have the strength in us. But uh, I'm going a little ahead of myself. Let me wait a bit and um, explore more of this later. So, the response to this, how do you respond to such a knowledge? How do you respond to such um, uh, an idea, a concept? Uh, the first thing, obviously, is to praise God, to say thank you to God for such an inheritance. And I think that's what we uh, we did last week with the, a week of doxology thing, to praise God and to thank Him for what He has done for us, what He has given to us, the rich inheritance that we have in Christ to say thank you and to worship Him, right? But also, as uh, we have read from today's uh, text, there's also an element of prayer that Paul invites us to. And that prayer, I think the, the prayer is very interesting because Paul prays so that we may have eyes to see. We may have the Spirit to know this hope. 
to know the the riches of our inheritance to be given sight to be given the spirit and the heart to be able to understand what we have in Christ and this hope gives us perspective and encouragement so um, Paul prays essentially for eyes to know the hope Paul prays for our spirit that we may know the hope of the rich inheritance that we have and Paul prays that God will give us this eyes and this uh, heart to know this truth and hope is important because hope gives us perspective and hope gives us uh, encouragement I just want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the importance of perspective uh, why is it important to know as uh, Paul says uh, if you go back from the slide here in verse 17 and 18 he says uh, he prays that God will give us the spirit so that we may know him better and then he says Paul prays that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you you may know the riches of our inheritance uh, for his holy people and you may know the verse 19 the com incomparably great power for those who believe so it's important in other words to know and have the right perspective about what we have in Christ and I just want to uh, share one story cautionary tale from the Old Testament not exactly related to spiritual inheritance but uh, related to the uh, to the um, the birthright and I think you may know this story of Esau um, Jacob and Esau Jacob and Esau were twins Esau was the older one and by virtue of his uh, uh, being the, the elder brother he had the birthright to inherit the, the family's uh, uh, heritage and inheritance but the Bible says that Esau despised his birthright and this is a story that's given here in Genesis 25 verse 24 uh, the boys, talking about um, Esau and uh, Jacob, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Isaac is the father, by the way. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Isaac came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, First sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So Esau swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. It's a um, again. This is not about us, and we should uh, we, we should not be moralizing or, or spiritualizing the story. But I think this tells us uh, a, a kind of an, a cautionary tale about how Esau despised his birthright, what he had the right to inherit, and because he was so hungry and he just wanted the immediate food right there and then, he was willing to sell his birthright to his younger brother. He was willing to throw away his inheritance just for a small cup of meal. And I think that's that's what I'm trying to draw draw at here. If we don't understand the inheritance that we have, um, 
Of course, this works also for our material inheritance, but more so for our spiritual inheritance. If we don't understand what we have, then there's a danger that we may despise or neglect or reject our inheritance. I think the importance of realizing the riches of our inheritance is that we we value it and we cherish it and we make the most we, we try the best to live into that inheritance, to live truly into that inheritance. I think there's uh, clearly a, a, a danger that um, if we don't realize, as Paul says, and as Paul prays for his, uh, the people of faith, if we don't realize the riches of our inheritance, we may not understand the worth of the inheritance and we may live, uh, we may live our life with a small vision. And by small vision, I don't mean that we should all live like Elon Musk and like have grand visions about life. What I mean to say is to have a a, a bigger vision, a Christ-like vision in life is to, to have a broader vision, to have a compassionate vision for life, to have a hopeful vision for life. If we don't understand the riches of the inheritance, there's a danger that we might live for ourselves. We might live for our own pleasures or we might live for our own, own ideals. And I think that's uh, not to say that that's not... Uh, that's sinful or anything like that. I think that's fine, but it's just a lesser way to live compared to the rich inheritance that we have in Christ. So why is it important to know the riches of the glorious inheritance in Christ? I think it's because we, if we understand the riches, then we cherish it and we value it and we live into it. I think as Esau said here in verse 32, Look, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? I think there's a danger that we might say that of our own spiritual inheritance. Look, I'm, I need food. I need riches. What good is this spiritual inheritance to me? What's the use of this so-called heavenly places and spiritual blessings um, if I can't make money or if I can't live for myself or if I want to do this? You know, you can fill in the blanks with that. And I know that it's admittedly very tough to see this perspective when we're living life. But I think that's why Paul is praying that he, he, we, we have the right perspective in life. Uh, the second uh, thing, that's perspective. And the, the second thing is encouragement. Having, uh, have, knowing the riches of the inheritance in Christ gives us encouragement. Uh, I think it gives us encouragement because uh, it it. It tells us, it um, shows us the great power that we have in Christ. Otherwise, there's a danger that we may live in discouragement. We may live uh, in fear rather than faith. We may live, uh, we may not know, we may not be, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Holy Spirit who is the deposit of, uh, who lives in us. And we may not be living in that power of the Holy Spirit. Um we may not be living in, in the confidence that we have in Christ. And so, um, knowing Christ, being in Christ, and following Christ, the seek, seeking Holy Spirit's help, um, what a good are these things? I think when we know the riches of our inheritance, we understand that these are unsurpassable uh, compared to anything that the world has to offer. And our prayer is that God will give us eyes and the Spirit to see and know these things. Ultimately, we, we realize that Jesus Christ is our inheritance. Christ is our inheritance. Um, Christ is the basis of our confidence in the inheritance. 
our hope is hinged on Jesus Christ, and Christ is our inheritance. If you look at it in 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 uh, perspective, and if I may flesh out that a little bit more, we remember that Jesus lived a life of healing, right? And as the picture is depicted here, the ten lepers who were healed by Jesus, Jesus lived a life of healing. He he lived a life of uh, empowerment. He lived a life of righteousness and holiness. And he lived a life of deliverance, like delivering people from, from the, the hold of sin, from the hold of demons, and from the hold of, um, of social um, um, expectations, right? And he lived a life of redemption, ultimately. Not just that, his resurrection demonstrates God's strength. Uh, his resurrection shows us that death can be defeated, sins can be defeated, diseases can be defeated. And today, we who are in Christ, uh, through faith, have the chance to experience the same strength in our lives, the same strength that Jesus lived and walked with. And granted, that experience may be uh, incomplete for now, but Paul says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessings already in the heavenly realms. And one day, those things will be fully realized when God brings all things to unity. So we need to remember that that is our inheritance. What we see in Christ, that is our inheritance. That is who, what we long for. That is what we desire. And if we look at Jesus walking and healing and redeeming and uh, saving people, uh, I think it's, it's very clear that is worth more than anything else. I cannot forfeit that for a, a, a meal of lentil and uh, stew um, like Esau. There's nothing on earth that I would forfeit that inheritance. The power and the strength to love others that Jesus embodied, the power to serve that Jesus embodied is ours and is our inheritance. Incomplete and imperfect as, as it is right now. And, but as we follow and uh, receive uh, the help of Christ through the Holy Spirit, that is our inheritance. Jesus was raised from the dead bodily, Defeating physical, defeating emotional, and defeating spiritual death. So when we feel personally defeated and powerless, we remind ourselves and we remind one another that the same Spirit who lives in Jesus also lives in me and us. The same Spirit that, that gave life to Jesus, it lives in us as a deposit and as a guarantee, as a down payment, supplying my needs from day to day. We remember that we are not living this life from our own strength. We have the Holy Spirit as our helper and our support. And we need to pray for that strength to keep us moving in faith. And to not allow fear, insecurity, uncertainties to cripple us from living the life of faith. The outcome, the result of healing and life and resurrection has been demonstrated in Christ. And so... It's, all this is extremely abstract. I'm perfectly aware of that. And, um, and I'm, um, um, I apologize if uh, I'm not able to bring this down to the ground. But uh, l- let's try to reflect on what this might mean. So as we sing in church, or as we pray for one another, we see these activities, spiritual exercises, as ways to encourage one another to edify one another, to push one another so that we continue in this journey of uh, being in Christ. 
So our singing and praying and being in fellowship like this is not just some random small things that we do. It's part and parcel of us being in Christ, taking hold of the inheritance in Christ and encouraging one another to continue to do so. And I would even say, if you're working in uh, in the health health, uh, if you're a health worker, you're working in in uh, in medicine or uh, something of that sort. Uh, I invite you to see that as participating in healing the world, uh, in the in what God is doing in healing the world, uh, creating uh, um, uh, wholeness in this world through the use of medicine, or if you're in education. You see that as promoting discipline and critical thinking and respect for others. And you see that as part of learning to love one another, learning to help one, us to grow up in, in a society that uh, promotes these things. Or if you're in, a, in service, serving people, you see that role as following in the footsteps of Jesus, who literally took on the role of the servant, who washed the feet of his disciple. So in other words, all these things that we do, the small things that we do, these are not uh, small abstract and desperate things. These are all part and parcel of us, our discipleship, our following Christ. And these are all ways in which we are pursuing the inheritance in Christ, to be like Christ and to empower people, to heal people, to, uh, to bring righteousness and deliverance and redemption in our world, to bring peace in our world. Of course, the theme of this sermon is to pray. And I think that's, um, that's crucial. The theme of the sermon and the text today is prayer. And I think that's important to remember because the eyes to see these things, the eyes to appreciate and acknowledge our inheritance has to be given to us. It's not something that we force to feel. right? The eyes of our hearts need to be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. God needs, needs to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And therefore we pray. This awareness is something that God reveals. So in other words, if, you're, if you are like me and you live in this world, you struggle to see these things in life. You struggle to understand your role in this world and what God is doing. In a way, it's not... Uh, in a way, that's to be expected because it is God who has to give us. Instead of trying to force ourselves to feel more like that, we should pray like Paul. We should pray that God will give us the eyes to see. We should pray that God will give us the heart to be sensitive to these things. We note that Paul does not scold the Ephesians, Christians. He does not give a pep talk and say, just do it. He doesn't force, you know, he doesn't force them to feel good and to be positive, and to channel up the strength within them, and all of that stuff. But he prays. He prays to God that God will give them the eyes to see. And I think that's key for us to understand. Our inheritance in Christ has been given to us lavishly. If we are struggling to see and understand this, then we need to pray. We need to ask God to give us the eyes to understand. We can be confident in this inheritance because Jesus Christ as he walked on this earth uh, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ is our evidence, the prototype. And we can be assured of this inheritance because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, lives in us and he is our guarantee and our help. So may God help us to know this hope. 
every single one of us, to avoid the short-sightedness and the immediacy of Esau, but to live fully into Christ, who is our example and our inheritance. So I'm going to pray, and I invite you to make this as your prayer as well for, for your family, for your children, for your friends, for the church, and for your loved ones too. So let me pray, and would you join me in prayer? Dear God, you are able to give sight to the blind. You are able to heal the hearts of the cold-hearted. We pray that you will give us the heart of sensibility and the consciousness. We pray that the eyes of our hearts will be open and sensitive and not be numb or distracted by the concerns, everyday concerns that we live in. We pray that we will know the riches of our inheritance and we will know the power that lives in us in those who believe. We pray that we will see the riches of our inheritance in Christ and ultimately to be unbothered by other things, but to be confident in what God is doing in Christ. We pray that we will value one thing, which is to be in Christ, to experience His forgiveness, to experience His healing, His hope, His peace and shalom. And also we pray, Lord, to participate in bringing all of creation under Christ by sharing His forgiveness, by sharing His healing, His hope, and by sharing His peace to all of creation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.